Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice podcast. It's so great to be with you today. I am Dr. Fujian Zain. I'm a psychotherapist, uh, an author, an originator of the awareness integration theory. Um, our heartfelt chat today and every time is about what matters most in our life our minds, our thoughts, feelings, actions, relationships, today, businesses, and our fulfillment in this beautiful journey of life. For all of you beautiful souls who have been asking about my latest book, I want to share them with you. Um, one of the latest book that is out, it's called um, Intentional Parenting. And uh, Intentional Parenting is uh, through um it's a practical guide to the awareness integration theory i wrote it with dr nicole jafari and dr eileen manukian they're amazing um educators we went through every single chapter from infancy to toddlerhood to preschool preteen teenager and your young adult who might still be at home um and talked about the cognitive shifts the uh emotional shifts and uh, all the dif different types of development that they get in these th um, different types of stages in life and how to work with them from the awareness integration theory. And um, this book is for everyone who is a parent, a grandparent who's working with children, um, educators, teachers, all of them are going to be really benefiting from um, this book. Now, the other one is uh, called the Awareness Integration Path uh, to, um, this is the clear the past and um, create a new future and live a fulfilled life now. Um, this book has been um, part of the reason why we uh, do what we do. It is for therapists, it's for the coaches. They can read this book and they can go through the book and really uh, work with their clients. And I think that they will um, get excited about how to do this amazing work. Uh, it simplifies this for them. We do have training uh, courses and we certify therapists and coaches across the world. So if you want to be a therapist or a coach and be mentioned in the Fujian app and be a part of a provider for the Fujian app, guess what? Call me. Let me know that you want, you're interested, and I'd love for you to join our community. Now, in this episode, I am excited to chat with Matt McWilliams. He is a living proof that one can pursue one's passion in life and do so while making a lot of profit as well. He is the best-selling author of the book, Turn Your Passion into Profits, and has worked with some of the top, top companies and entrepreneurs on the planet, such as Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington, Tony Robbins, everybody knows, Dean Graziosi, Kim Walsh, um, Kim Walsh Phillips, Ryan uh, Levis, yes, I'm dropping names for all of you, Michael Haidt, and Claire um, Diaz Ortiz, Luis Hose, and Brian Tracy, and Jeff Walker, and many more. Here, um, he is here to help you on your quest to turn a passion and message into a profitable and growing business. It's been uh, through the startups phase multiple times in the past two decades and has built a 
following from scratch. Today, he lives out his passion for helping others find the purpose, passion, message, and path to profitability. He is the host of the Affiliate Guy podcast, your source for affiliate marketing news, tips, and strategies to take your online business to the next level. Now, I know most people want to have some sort of an online business, and he really um, shows you the path simplifies the path in how to get there and be profitable. You can find him at passionsintoprofitsbook.com. Now subscribe to my um, YouTube channel, subscribe to this podcast. Thank you all of you who've already been a member of my podcast, more than 15,000 and growing. I love all of you. Connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. Connect with me to um, through fuzanzain.com, any of my social media, get my book, um, Life Reset, which is actually the basis of uh, the Fuzan app, which is taking um, the awareness integration into a system for you where you could journal. We've done a lot of research in um, universities and we're finding amazing um, raising self-esteem, self-efficacy, self-confidence, and uh, reducing symptomology of anxiety and um, depression. So I'm positive you like it. You can find them on my website or Amazon or anywhere you like. Um, now, without further ado, let's talk to Matt McWilliams. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression with the Fujian app. Dr. Fujian Zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. Download the Fujian app today. Well, Matt McWilliams, welcome to the show. It's so nice to have you. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Listen, I think everybody that I know um, wants an online business. Mm -hmm. uh, whether they have a brick and mortar business, uh, they somehow know that they can have an access uh, beyond uh, the you know local reach. So, yes. um, and... I think that everybody somehow thinks it's easy. How bad could it be? You just do such and such and it's there, but that's not accurate. Um, obviously yeah. everything, when you know the keys to it, you know how to get to it, it makes it much easier. Um, however, I think um, every new type of business has its own culture. And when you know the culture of that business and how to do the best that you could do, you're going to be successful. And if not, then you're not going to be successful. So in your book, Turn Your Passions Into Profits, um, yeah. there is, um, there's a way that you give the path for building a, a definitely a rewarding online business. So I know that you're also a coach. You've done a lot of work with, um, with companies, with people who are attempting to start off their businesses. Um, so I really like, um, you know, at the end of our conversation, I want all of our audience, not only to know you, not only want to run and get your book, but we've yeah. seen a lot of, uh, great tips in what are the things we could do in order to be successful in this new half of business? Yeah. I mean, I think this internet things around to stay, 
You know, I think that's the reason why people want to, uh, you know, to start an online business. I mean, I, I've been around long enough that I can remember when we had this, we were seriously like, is the internet a fad? You know, almost all of us were still on dial up and, um, you know, there was, it's like, it's hard to believe, you know, it wasn't that long ago, like I'm 43 and it wasn't that long ago that we didn't have online video. And if you did, what you did was you, you went to bed and you downloaded the video before you went to bed so that it might Hoping be ready in the morning. Yeah. yeah. When you woke up in the morning or you downloaded, like, you know, now we, we might watch, you know, like I skip around from, I'm five minutes into a YouTube video. I'm going to watch a different one. I don't like that one. You know, uh, we're streaming music and like, we take that for granted, but there was a time when, Oh, that's what you do. You downloaded like five or 10 videos overnight so that you could watch them the next day. But even before that, there was no video because nobody was uploading video to the internet. Cause in, you know, the early days, 1998, 99, like we honestly, you know, before the dot-com crash, like, is there really going to even be, is the internet going to be around 10 years from now? And so um, I think, I think it's here to stay. I think we can all agree. Like it's, it's going to be around. And so now people are finally going, okay, yeah, we definitely do need to have an internet presence and to be able to start an online business. And, you know, my personal belief is like, I've done it various ways. This is my fourth company. Uh, I've done it where I, you know, I picked the right market. I went, I went totally market-based where I picked a niche that, you know, I did it because that's where the money was. And part of the problem there was I just didn't have a passion for it. You know, the whole point of the book, turn your passions into profits is to have both, you know, and I've done one where I was like super passionate about it, but I didn't make any money, you know, because it was just like, I was just giving content away and people love me. Oh, Matt, you're changing our lives. And, you know, and the problem is like the kids soccer and the mortgage company and those types of places, they don't take uh, positive emails from followers or, um, you know, people who say nice things about you on Twitter as form of payment, you actually need to pay them with money. And so I've done both of those. I've done both extremes. And the whole premise of the book is to be able to marry those two. And so I believe that like your business should be something that you're passionate about. I believe that we all have a message. We all have something, you know, an audience that we're called to help. And, and that, that message that we want to get out into the world. A lot of times it's based on our experiences or things that we've learned or whatever it may be. Um, and then of course the question is, well, how do we have an impact on the world? How do we get our message out in the world, but how do we also turn it into a profitable business? So that one, we can provide for our family, you know, for ourselves, our well-being. two, so we can continue to, to upgrade our content and create better things for our audience and three, so we can do it for the long term. because if you're not making money, eventually you're going to burn out. Like, trust me, I've been there, done that. And so the same is true if you're only making money, but you're not passionate about what you're doing. And so that's the whole idea is like, how do we take both of those and have the best of both worlds? Something that I've also noticed, Matt, is uh, most of the businesses, uh, which they've been maybe handed out from, you know, family to the next generation, um, they had one way of doing things. And they, if they did it well, year after year after year, Mm -hmm. their, their success was uh, guaranteed. Yeah. Not the same on online business because it's almost like, you know, maybe every six months, uh, a way that you do the business is changing so fast, whether it's uh, the technology is changing or whether that you, you know, the way by the time you kind of figure out how to do something on Facebook, it changes to Instagram, and then it changes to TikTok. And you haven't even accumulated enough group or figured out how all the algorithm works on one social media. And now it's switched to another and you got to completely shift 
your way of marketing and finding and being with people into a whole different way. Yeah. What more suggestions in um, what do we do in this fast running, changing technology um, where you're, you're, the structure of your business is changing, mm. not only you know, your product might be the same, but the structure in how you can do your business, uh, market your business, it's consistently changing. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things you have to do is stick to principles. You know, things are moving fast. In fact, this one of the things I, the very end of the book, I write about this because I was, I'm, I'm talking in the context of how do we create content? How do we come up with more content ideas? And one of the principles I teach in there is like, okay, consume content, but not in the way that you think. Like, don't consume content. Do consume content to improve yourself, right? To learn, but also consume content to think about how you can work it into your content. And so I was listening to this biography of Confucius, you know, the Chinese philosopher and fortune cookie writer. And, he, you know, just for, you know, he wasn't really a fortune cookie writer, people don't get mad at me, you know, it's a joke. Um, and so I was listening to this biography and it talked about, and I'm probably going to butcher the, the name, but the Eastern Zhao, Zhu, I don't know how you pronounce it, Z-H-O-U um, dynasty. And it talked about how it started to decline around 600 BC. And so in my mind, as someone who grew up in the era that I grew up in, you know, we watched the Soviet Union went from like, you know, this is 37 years ago. They were like one night they were our biggest enemy. The next night they didn't exist as a country. You know, the Berlin Wall just fell like there's a Berlin Wall. No, there's not. Today, we literally watch governments topple overnight on social media like this person's in power. The next day, somebody else is in power. Like it's crazy. Like we can watch it in real time. It's crazy what's happening in the world. This dynasty, it finally fell over 300 years later. And I'm going, wait a minute, 2,600 years ago, it took 300 years for a dynasty to collapse. Today, they fall in 48 hours. And it just, this thought occurred to me like, okay, that's how fast the world is moving. We have to adjust and move fast as well. The thing is principles don't change. The principles don't change. So like, I don't even talk about Facebook in the book. I think the word might not even be in the book. I'd have to do a word search. It might be in there a couple of times. Um, I don't talk about TikTok. I don't talk about Twitter really, other than um, to share like how I did something, but you could replace the word Twitter with anything, you know? Um, the point is to, to focus on the principles. If you go through the book, like I'll just share one example, like create a lead magnet that captures people's attention and converts them into subscribers. It's been that way for 25 years. What honestly makes us think that's going to be any different 15 or 20 years from now? It's still going to be the thing that works. And the principle around that, which is we provide a quick win to our potential audience, that we solve their biggest problem, not try to solve all their problems in our first interaction with them, that we give them something of value in exchange for something of value, which in this particular case is we're solving their biggest problem, giving them a quick win in exchange for their email address so that we can then build a relationship with them. That principle has been around for thousands of years. You know, I write about my dad in the book, just a great example. I talk about how my dad never got on the internet a day in his life. When I got a cell phone, when I was, I was 22 and I got a cell phone in 2000 or 1999, my dad was like, why are you getting a cell phone? You're not the president. You know, you're not somebody important. Why, why are you getting a cell phone? Who would ever want to call you when you're anywhere other than sitting by your phone at your house? You know? And I'm like, well, dad, I just, you know, I want to talk to my friends whenever. And there's these things called text messages, you know? And he's like, this is dumb. Why are you getting a cell phone? 
My dad never got on a computer, never owned a computer, never got on the internet, had the best lead magnet of anybody I've ever seen in my life because my dad was a golf instructor. And anybody out there who knows anything about golf, you can picture the practice tee at a golf course. And my dad would look for somebody in pain, not in physical pain, like they're not hurt, their back's not hurting, that kind of thing. But somebody who would hit a shot and go, oh, I suck at this game. And then they hit another shot. I hate this stupid game. They slam their club on the ground. And my dad would go up and he would say, hey, uh, can, I, can I help you? And they say, yeah. He said, well, I'm the local golf professional. So he's established authority. That's what he's done there. And he'd, he'd watch him hit a few balls and he'd provide one little thing. It's not the path. He's not giving them the two-year path to shoot their best score. He's not giving them five years to make it to the PGA tour. He's not trying to do anything like that. He's giving them one little tip to help them solve their biggest problem, which is the fact that they're say hitting the ball 75 yards right of their target. And he'd help them only hit it 20 yards right at their target. <laughs> you know, and he's not going to fix their whole golf swing in a matter of seconds, but he'd help them hit a, gr- a couple of good shots. And they would turn to him and say, Oh my gosh, that was the best shot I've ever hit in my life. How do I get more lessons? then he would sell them a thousand dollar golf instruction package. See, that's a principle, you know, like that story there that works. Not only did it work on offline, but it works online. We solved that biggest problem. So the whole point is like, look, look for the principles. What are the principles of successful online businesses, but also offline businesses? You know, the principles that they capture attention. They don't wait for attention. They don't try to get attention, hope they get attention. No, they capture it. They stand out in the marketplace. Those types of things. They create raving fans. So once you get people into your audience, how do we create raving fans? Like people who are just obsessed with our brand. The tools, like how we do that from a tech standpoint are completely irrelevant. Whether or not you press this button or, you know, or upload this image to TikTok or Twitter or Instagram doesn't matter if you don't know the principles. So a couple of things I'm hearing from you, Matt, is that um, there's an essence of the business itself where you have a, not only that you have a a product um, that you are, whether the product is service, Mm -hmm. being the service and and the knowledge or that your product is something that you're selling actually. Um, then it's the principle of what is it that you want from your clients and audience. And one thing is knowing, knowing what they want. So for example, in oh the my example, gosh, yeah. right. So the example we were talking about, your father was observing and not only mm-hmm. that he knew what, what, you know, how to do this, but he was very observant in seeing a person not only in pain, but also looking at what was missing for them so that he could give them a tip that actually worked for them at that moment so that they got the value. So mm-hmm. part of what I'm hearing is in your own world, you hold the, the principle of what you're you're offering. Then it's also the observation and understanding of what the your market, the group that you are offering your services to really needs. And yep. then offer them what they need in spurts. So you give them a little bit of the content in order for them to gain to know what they can what they can gain if they actually get your service. And then from there, you systematically create modules or different um, aspects of what you need to share with them. And then obviously you put the price on it and, and share with them. And when they are satisfied with you, obviously this thing will take off. This is what I'm hearing, right? Yeah. I mean, he was observant, but he was also intentional. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing is, so 
Um, you know, in that same step where I talk about how to create the lead magnet, I talk about how to get your lead magnet in front of your first, you know, how to get your first 500 subscribers. Um, you know, how do we get, how do we build that seed list? Because I can tell you right now, if you can get even, I don't even name 500, if you can get 200 people on your list, you can get 2,000. If you can get 2,000, you can get 20,000. If you can get 20,000, you can get half, you know, a quarter million. Like the principles are the same there. And so, but it's intentionality, you know, when, again, to go back to the lead magnet example for, you know, for instance, like I talk about in there, and again, I share about my dad and all that. I share like the number one thing about a lead magnet is it needs to address the immediate or pressing need in your audience. We're not solving 37 problems. We're not giving 37 steps. So people think, well, I got to create an ebook or I got to create this massive free report. I got to create this three video series that's an hour and a half long. Well, how many problems is that going to, like, are you attempting to solve? Well, I'm, all of them. Why would you solve all of them? You know, for one, like that's intimidating for me as a consumer. I, I only want you to solve one. I'll pay you for the rest and I'll go through that on my own time. But if I don't consume the content, I'm never going to really get into your ecosystem. I'm never going to be a fan of yours. But if you solve my one problem. So I talk about like pain. I, I give this as an example in the book. I was like, imagine your friend comes to you and, and he is going, you know, oh my gosh, my back is killing me. It's been hurting for three days. It's the worst back pain I've ever had in my life. And I go, well, here, here's a list of 37 exercises you can do to improve your pain in six months. Oh, and a chiropractor appointment for three Thursdays from now. You suck as a friend. <laughs> you know, that is like the worst friend ever. No, I, I, can I have an ibuprofen? Could, uh, here's the deal. If you give me the ibuprofen, and, and, or you, you know, you find somebody who can get the pain to be 50% better right now. I'm open to your 37 exercises. I'm open to going, you know, and spending thousands of dollars at a chiropractor to solve the problem long-term. I'm open to a device that will help me sleep better in a better position that will over the course of six months, improve my back pain. But I need the ibuprofen right now. I need that quick win. When we give them that quick win, then they come back for more. And so that, again, that like the idea there is we've got to be intentional about it though. Like the intentionality is I'm not going to put together a nine page report. I'm going to put together a one, maybe two page report. I'm going to put together a checklist. I'm going to put together a cheat sheet. I'm going to put together, if I'm going to do a video, it's going to be a five minute video that solved their number one problem. Like that's the key. Like I talked about it. This is going to be true, whether you're on TikTok, Instagram, or some social media network that we've never heard of. I guarantee you there's going to be one. That is one thing I can be, I don't know what it's going to be about. I don't know who it's going to attract, but I guarantee you with unequivocally by 2030, there will be another hundred billion dollar evaluation on a new social media company. You can write that down. Uh, that's a bet you can pretty much cast because it's been true pretty much every two years for the last decade, you know? So that said, number one, we define the problem. Number two, we solve it. That's what it does. And if you do that, and if you're intentional about it and you, you, you are uh, disciplined, that's probably the third word. You know, if you're disciplined, that you don't try to create the most beautiful lead magnet of all time. Again, just using this as an example. You don't try to solve all the problems. No, you focus on the one. You'd be amazed. Like I mean, I've had I had a friend of mine. I did not write this book for seven-figure business owners. I wrote it for people who are beginners, uh, maybe upwards. You know, they might have maybe they've been blogging for a couple of years, or they have a you know fifty podcast episodes under their belt. 
They're typically doing under $100,000 a year though, anywhere from zero to 100,000. I did not write this for seven figure business owners. I had a friend of mine though. I gave him an advanced copy of the book because I talk about him in the book. I gave it to him as a friend, not as, you know, like, I think this is going to benefit you. It was just like, I thought it'd be something maybe he'd put, and he did, he posted about it on social media and shared it with his audience and things like that. That's why I gave him the copy. I had no intentions of him ever reading the book. Truth be told, I figured he'd flip. I told, I even told him what pages his name was mentioned on. So he could just go there, read that page and be done with the book. Maybe give it to somebody, you know, an aunt or an uncle who could use it. And he's like, man, I read, he's like, I read through the book. It's like, I had no intention of reading it. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get anything out of this. He said, I got to step four and I read what you wrote about lead magnets. And I went, oh my gosh. And he said, I went to my team. We have four main lead magnets. I said, Matt says he has a three hour rule. It should not take you more than three hours to think of outline, create, and start publicizing your lead magnet. Like three hours. That's it. He's like, our lead magnets are so convoluted and complicated. And he said, we went back and in one day we re-engineered all four of our lead magnets. So we had a two hour rule because they only had eight hours to do it. He said next day, our, our registration, our opt-in rate went up over 40%. Wow. That's, you know, half a million plus dollars for his company a year. I didn't write it for him. But my point is like, again, if you follow that, those principles and are intentional about it, then it works. So when you're looking at a lead magnet, you're looking at defining what the problem is that mm -hmm. you and your business is attempting to solve. Yep. Okay. And then you take the simplest and the foremost front problem that you think that the audience will have or that your business is actually solving. Yep. And you take that into um, um, a minimum way of saying, this is the problem and this is the one tip that I can offer you. Exactly. Be the creating the uh, effective lead magnet. Yep. That's it. Beautiful. Now, as you go on from the first one to the second, and you're going to create now, uh, not only a business, but then ramping it up to towards profit. Um, what are your suggestions from there? Like, how do you, because some people um, as you know, Matt, um, you, you'll do great within, you know, the first novel construct and then suddenly it plateaus. Mm -hmm. like business is plateau. And uh, what are your suggestions about shifting that plateau in a sense and moving up another notch? You know, I sound a little bit repetitive here, but a lot of, I know for me, what I found is typically when we've plateaued is because we've gotten complicated. We got you know, complicated? We, we got complicated. Okay. Yeah, we've gotten you know, just, we've just gotten kind of away from those principles, you know, again, like we, for me, you know, we've done that. Uh, we kind of run in like 18 month intervals. It seems like about every sometime between month 14 and 18, we just flatline, you know, and it's, and it's usually new levels, you know, and they say new levels, new devils, right. We're, we're bringing on new levels of uh, we have, you know, new, new team members, more team members, a bigger team, more levels of complexity in a good way, you know, the reality is when you add clients, when you add students, when you add customers, when you add employees, there are levels that, you know, we, we both anticipate and we don't anticipate, you know, we have, you know, like when you hire, when you have one person who's in charge of customer service, billing and HR and like four other things, you know, there, it's not complicated because they know everything. Everything's in their head. Then all of a sudden you bring in a new person to do one of those things. And it's like, wait a minute, this is comp. Whoa. Now there's, they're, they're asking these questions and they're thinking of these and they have more time because sometimes it can be 
a good thing when you have just a customer service person, because, but it can also be a bad thing. The good news is they have 40 hours a week to do nothing but customer service. The bad news is that means they have 10 hours a week to think of things and they start finding all kinds of problems in your business. Well, that's a good thing, but it's a bad thing because it adds things that we have to do. That's the bad side, but it's a good thing because they're finding the problems in our business, you know? And so we find that that tends to happen quite often, you know, about, again, about every 14 to 18 months, we start plateauing because we begin to complicate things. And, and I've noticed that like in our business, I, I, I go back to the lead magnet example, you know, practice what I preach, right? Is we start developing like really convoluted funnels and really convoluted lead magnets. It's like, wait a minute, I'm not doing that. Like I, I'm, I teach this, you know, checklist, cheat sheets, toolkits, templates, swipe copy, you know, make, make this easy. Like what is, what are people going to come to us for? People are not coming to us saying, you know what I really want to do? I want to, I want to subscribe to this guy's account and learn everything about everything in online business. No, they're coming to us going, uh, what kind of email do I send to potential affiliates to promote me? So a great lead magnet is probably one of our best ever is my number one affiliate recruiting email. That lead magnet is literally a text file that has a sample email in it. That is it. But if you think about it, it solved their number one problem. That gave them exactly what they They didn't ask me for 10 templates. They didn't ask me for 27 different varieties of templates for every situation. They just, I, I, I told them I'm gonna give you my number one. Now, if you have a specific type of business with a specific nuance and you wanna get all of our email templates that cover every possible thing, like launching a book, doing a virtual summit, a challenge, a webinar, all that stuff, boom, I've got different templates. That's a stupid lean magnet. I'm not gonna give you 57 templates, you know, and you have to scroll through and find the one that's relevant to you. No, I give you my number one general one. And if you want the specifics ones, then we actually sell that as a product, you know, same thing is like, okay, you want to get started on affiliate marketing. And I've got a one page cheat sheet that just, it says, here are the steps to get started and gives you the tools to do that. It doesn't tell you how to create a promotion plan and how to, you know, schedule this and how to use social media to promote your, you know, your first affiliate promote. No, that's in a course that we sell, but it gives you the steps. And by the end of that thing, you've been accepted into an affiliate program. You've applied and been accepted into affiliate program. That's success. You know, so we have to redefine success often. And so I think for us, when it's when we get really complicated and, um, and start to think about like all the things we could do for our audience and try to like, here, let's cram everything we can into 30 minutes when really what we need to do is just take a deep dive into one thing. So what I'm hearing from you, Matt, is even though as, as the business grows, uh, there is an opportunity for growth of products and different angles. And mm -hmm. obviously you want to create all of that. But you're saying that even if you take each one of those and simplify it, and then simplification would mean that up, up front, you're still giving one tool, but then the rest of the information gets uh, created in different products that they could yeah. go and, and uh, purchase so that um, it, you know each product is going to give them the time um, and uh, focus in really learning if that's what they need. So mm -hmm. up front, you're only still giving them one important information 
that is general enough that takes care of them. But as from there, they'll see what specifically they need. And then they can come through the rest of your products and see, okay, I need this and this, and that's why I'm going to uh, sign up for this type of a class, or I'm going to get this type yeah. of service because it matters to my business. Yep. That's what it's all about. I mean, really it's about solving problems. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our content solves problems, you know, and you have to think about it again. Think about like the last 25 Google searches that you did. What were, what were those Google searches? You know, occasionally we're like, what was the score of the football game? Okay. Well, I mean, you could argue that solves the problem of not knowing the score of the football game, but I wouldn't, there's no how to as a result of that. But so take those types of things out. You know, what's the weather going to be tomorrow? Okay. That's an easy one. But, you know, if you look at most of the Google searches were, I would, I mean, I'd venture to say of the ones that solve problems, probably 50% of them start with the two words, how to, you know, and, and so, or how do you, you know, how do you, and things like that. Um, I mean, I'm sitting there Saturday, like, you know, I hate to admit this, but I will, I don't know how to bowl. You know, I just throw the ball straight and hard and occasionally get a strike because, it, you know, the ball's traveling at such a high speed, it knocks a bunch of pins over. But I don't know how to bowl. So I'm sitting there midway through the first game Googling how to bowl. And then sure enough, I found a couple of things that kind of showed me a little bit better. And it so happened. And my wife was like, okay, that's not fair. You Googled that. I literally, like the very next ball I threw, I, I rolled a strike. You know, I got a strike and, and ended up having my best game ever. You know, my best score ever is like 130 or something. I've never, I don't think I've ever broken 100 before, you know. And, um, you know, so I'm like Googling that. I Googled how to bowl. I can promise you if I cared enough, to me, I don't care. But if I cared enough and there was a lead magnet that showed me like that said, you know, how to, how to get your first 100 point game. I would get that in a heartbeat or just how to throw up, how to throw a bowling ball. I don't even know if you call it throw. I don't know the terminology. Right. And it just showed me how, or how to grip it. Even I would download that. And then if they had a course again, if I cared enough that showed me, you know, for 47 bucks, how to actually bowl and really know how to practice and do, I would buy that in a heartbeat, you know? So that's the type of thing we're looking for. Again, you just think, think about how, what people search for, it's a great way to start in terms of, you know, again, how are we going to solve that one problem? And then the system is what comes later. The whole system is what comes later in terms of a paid product. Mm -hmm. Now, let's go back to the first um, actual word that you have um, in, in this wonderful book, Turn Your Passions mm -hmm. into Profits, The Proven Path for Building a Rewarding Online Business uh, by Matt. Mike Williams, Matt, when you talk about passion, a lot of people want to have business, but they don't really know what they're passionate about, or they've never kind of allocated or connected their passion into a money-making business, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously as a therapist for 30 years, as I work with people that they work in businesses or jobs that they hate. So we come back and it's like, well, what is your passion? And it takes a long time for a person to kind of like look at what their passion is. And one of the things I've noticed, Matt, is it's usually like separated because, for example, if they started a job going to 
you know, they were 16 or 17, they started at Starbucks or McDonald's or something, and then they learn how to work and kind of like went from one thing to another, and maybe they got a degree in a particular thing and from one corporate to another, and kind of never figured out what is it that I'm passionate about. Um, and when they found out about their passion, it usually was like a set up as a hobby, Mm-hmm. And now they don't know they're they're done with the work, especially after a pandemic. What you could see a lot, of, you know, um, a lot of people decided I'm not going back to the corporate world or the same way that it used to be. And uh, now it's the matter of, OK, what do I want to do if I was going to take this home, a home business and have it from my home? And they'll listen to their friends. It's like, oh, this makes money and this makes money and you should do that. And this is exactly what yeah. you said at the beginning. It's like, you know, I listened to friends and said, oh, maybe I should do this. And then I started and I'm like, well, I don't know. So how do people, um, as uh, you've said in your book, coming to find their passion and shifting their passion into a business? Yeah. Well, the good news is you don't need to go to a cabin in the woods for a week, you know, or or find a guru, you know, or a yogi or something to be able to figure that out. It doesn't require some deep soul searching. I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves. You know, they think that, um, you know, they ha- they have to figure this out and it's going to be this way for the next 30 years. Um, I'm a big fan of the word iterate. You know, we talk about it all the time in our business. Like uh, we were talking about as a team today, do we have a process for this? I said, nope. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go with this version now and we're going to iterate over the next two months. And at the end of two months, we're going to figure out what the, you know, we're going to document the process. So I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves. You know, they think I've got to get this right the first time. Eh, First of all, you don't. Um, Second of all, it's not really an extensive process. Like this is something you probably know better than you think, you know, and you can do in about an hour. So I walk you through three exercises in the book. The first is just that, well, the first question, sorry, it's three questions in, in the exercises. The first question is, what is it that people are always asking you for help with? There's probably not more than three or four things. You know, the people are always asking you for help with, you know, for me, people came, people come to me for three things, Matt, how do I grow my email list? How do I start affiliate marketing? How do I start an affiliate program? You know, or run an affiliate program. That's it. Nobody's asking me for anything else. Um, nobody's coming to me and and asking me for like, you know, big, deep. Nobody asked me, Matt, how do you hire people? Like I might, my mastermind buddies might ask me, wow, you do a great job hiring. You don't lose. T- how do you do that? But no, like outside of a few people, nobody's asking me for my process on hiring people because I'm not an expert on that. Right. I might share it with a few people who are curious, but that's about it. So think about what is it that people are always asking you for help with? Uh, I write about Jonathan Milligan, my friend Jonathan in the book. You know, he he started a blog about career stuff. So how to write a resume, how to do interviews, things like that. But then over time, people were always asking him, how'd you start this blog? How'd you build this blog into a, you know, a six figure business? So now he coaches people on blogging. So the second question is, what is it that people say is really interesting about you? All right. So if that for most people after the first question, they've narrowed it down to like one or two things, or they have a pretty good idea of what it could be. You know, a couple of things jump out at you. If it doesn't jump out at you in five minutes, like you shouldn't have to go soul searching to say, what is it people always ask me for help with? You know, like that should be pretty quick. So the second one is, what is the people say is interesting about you? Um, I write about Dan Carlin, who's the, he's the host of a, my favorite podcast. Uh, it's called Hardcore History. 
And he's not a historian. He has the number one history podcast in the world. It's so big that when Dan releases a new episode, it is number one on all of Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify for like two days. All right, not his category, but all of the internet for like 48 hours. But he's not a historian. And he even says it in his episode. He's like, now I'm not a historian, but here's what I think, you know? And it came about because people just said, Dan, you're a great storyteller. Like he'd be at Thanksgiving and he'd start talking about Genghis Khan, you know, and then he'd tell this really fascinating story about some world war II soldier. And, you know, and people were just like, this is really interesting. He's like, maybe I could turn this into a business. The third thing is what, and this is the, the key here. Cause like they, this ties in a lot of times when you answer this third one, you can realize uh, it ties into these first two. What were you, what did you struggle with? What were you bad at, but now you enjoy success at and so I probably the longest story, I'm pretty sure it's the longest story in the whole book is about my friend, Alan Thomas. Alan is a weight loss coach and Alan, by six, seven years ago, woke up one day, got on the scale and it said 304 pounds. Now Alan's like five, eight, five, nine, maybe on the high end. And, you know, he'd always been the obese kid and the overweight adult. And, and it just, he'd been overweight for, he said for over 40 years. And it was in that moment he realized, okay, this has to stop. And he vowed that I think it was like nine months later, he would weigh 175 and he did. And he documented the whole process. And so now he has a process, a proven process. It worked for him. He collectively has probably helped men and women lose, I don't know, over a hundred thousand pounds by now. And the point to that is he can relate to his audience like he's not the guy when, when you have a 58 year old, this is one of his guys. I remember is a 56 year old. He's a pilot weighs about 350 pounds by five, eight, 56 years old. Like I said, and he is not going to be attracted as a potential coach or as an expert to somebody who's in his thirties, who's been fit since he was 10 years old, has big muscles and all that stuff. Like that's not who he's going to be attracted to. Every, all of his students and all of his clients say, Alan, the reason why I signed up with you, the reason why I was attracted to you is because you've been where I'm at. You know what it's like to be in my shoes. And I wanted somebody who I could relate to and who could relate to me. And so again, what is it that people are always asking you for help with? What is it people say is really interesting about you? And what is it that you struggled with, but now you enjoy success at? If you look at my story that I shared throughout the book, I struggled building my list. I struggled monetizing my platform. I struggled. It was a long time ago, but I struggled starting affiliate programs. And then I developed systems for how to do that. So all I do now is just share exactly how I did it. And then people also say now that that's really interesting about me and come to me for help with that. But most of us have those things already in our lives that we can become, you know, start a platform around, whether it's gardening or fitness, or, you know, running a business, or leadership, or whatever, you know, I mean, all those things, most of us have something that falls into one of those three categories. Most people who go through this exercise, 20, 30 minutes, they're like, I got it, nailed it down. I know exactly what it is. Turn your passions into profits, the proven path for building a rewarding online business. Matt McWilliam, anything we haven't shared that you really want everybody to know? <laughs> uh, not that I can think of. I mean, I, uh, you know, yeah. We talked kind of about the path. 
Um, I'll, I'll walk you through the path real quick, you know, and just kind of give you the overview. Um, you know, I mean, again, we talked about getting clear on who you help. That's step one. All the steps begin with C. Part of that is to be quite honest with you. It's because I can remember them, you know. Um, but no, I mean, it makes it easy for people. The second one is all about committing to leading you know, commit to leading. And this is such a big thing I talk about in the book. Like this idea of leadership is just something that a lot of people have misconceptions about. They think you have to be some sort of grand expert to be a leader. Uh, they think it's scary. And I, and I share the, um, I share the example in the book that like, imagine you're on a hike and you're on this hike. There's a particular hike in the East Tennessee mountains that I always picture where you go up for about two miles and you go along this ledge for about two miles and you go down to get back. And when you're up on this ledge for about the two mile stretch, it's pretty flat. You only go up maybe another hundred feet or so, and then down about a hundred feet, but it's, it's pretty flat, but there are multiple places where one wrong step and you're going to die. Like there's no way you're surviving. You're going to fall six, 800 feet. I don't know how you're going to make it through that. And imagine you're on this hike and you got like this super fit friend who's with you, right? Uh, this is the person you go on the hike with. And it's like the kind of super fit friend who like jogs in place at stoplights and wears bike shorts for no reason, always smells like suit mix. And, you know, he like, you don't have to ask him if he does CrossFit because he's already told you three times this week, that kind of friend, right? And he's two miles up ahead. Now he's the fitness expert. He's the hiking expert. He's two miles up ahead. He's been on this road. He's been on this hike dozens of times. And he's two miles up ahead of you. And he's yelling back to you and going, hey, hurry up and watch out for what am I supposed to watch out for? We think that's what leadership is. We got to be two miles ahead when the reality is a better place to lead from is one step ahead. We're one step ahead. We reach behind that same friend grabs our hand and says, Hey, watch out. This next step is dangerous. That's leadership. We don't have to be all the way up ahead. So we commit to leading, then we capture attention. That's step three. We touched on that earlier. But the big, the big concept in there, you know, when you read the book, I want you to get through is just like, how do we stand out? We have to stand out in the marketplace. And I share a bunch about how to do that. Then we talk about converting them into subscribers, which is what we talked about with the lead magnet example that I just shared earlier. You know, and, and I do I shared the story of my dad in depth in there, you know, how I learned from him how to stand out. Um, step five is we got to convene and cultivate community. So we want to bring people together. We actually want to take this beyond just um, I'm the leader and you follow me to like you're connecting with other people in in the audience. And I talk about like people, like uh, great quote, and it's, it's attributed to so many people that I forget who even said it originally, but uh, people come for the content, but they stay for the community. Uh, step six is that we got to champion their cause. We got to be a champion for their cause. And I walked through some examples from historical leaders like Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, and others, like how they, Steve Jobs, like how they became a champion for people's cause. Uh, step seven is create raving fans. So we sort of touched on that. Like how do we create people who are just so into our brand and into our business that they become raving fans for us and they become champions for our, our cause. Uh, step eight is that we, um, step eight, so I said they're oh, condition their condition. What is it? I just forgot what step eight is. Condition your audience. Uh, I said that I made them all see so I can remember. I knew condition, but I couldn't remember the end of it there. Uh, you want to condition your audience. You know, we want to condition them to open our emails, to read the emails, to click on the emails, uh, to read our post, click on the post, share our post. Like we want to condition them. Then we got to commit to monetizing, which is step nine. That's where we start creating those profits. And the last step is kind of the continuity portion, which is to create consistent content. So 
yeah, we started monetizing. We created a nice little, let's say a couple thousand dollar a month business. How do we continue it and continue it and grow it and scale it? And so that last chapter there walks you through, and I shared a little bit of it earlier, some of the the steps or some of the processes there for creating that consistent content. Beautiful. How can they find you? Yeah, very simple. If you go to passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash inner. So this is especially for your, uh, you can grab the book anywhere. Just to be clear, you can grab the book on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, it's in stores. So if you go into stores at Barnes and Noble, you can you can grab it there and then go to this URL uh, that I just shared, passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash inner. Um, you can get it on Target, Walmart, wherever. If they sell books, they sell my book. Uh, but the best place to get it is right there again, or go into Barnes and Nobles. It's in most Barnes and Nobles nationwide. Then go to passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash inner, and you'll be able to redeem your pre, uh, your bonuses there. We've got over uh, $500 in bonuses for your audience. So, um, you know, special there, tons of just awesome extra goodies that'll help you kind of take what you've got in the book to the next level. Beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Right, thanks so much. And for all of you who are out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today.